Hello and welcome to another episode of Whip Chat. My name is Christian, and today I am joined by Ian Cameron. Hello and welcome to the show, Ian. Nice to see you. What's cracking? What is cracking indeed? <laughs> you are, probably. <laughs> uh, Ian hails from Frederick, Maryland, and is, of course, if you don't know it, you've been living under a rock, our two-time world champion whipcracker from LA WhipCon. Congratulations, sir. That is huge. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and I, I put on here, I was trying to decide how to introduce you. I put on here, an enemy of fruit and cans near and far. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But yeah, it's uh, so I, I met you in person for the first time at the LA WhipCon, 2024 LA WhipCon, and had a great time there as well as you know getting to meet you and everyone else and watching your incredible whip cracking. Um, it's just like let's just dive right into it I, I, and talk about that and i'd like to know more about your history and how you got into it and some more of that but i have to admit I, i'm really excited to talk about <laughs> the event and, and whipcon um so so how did it go what was your perspective how did you have fun so yeah i had a total blast it was probably i'd i'd be hard pressed to not say that it was probably the highlight of my life so far. Yeah. Of the whole trip. So it was a great time. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to do a little bit more this time, and I was there for two extra days, was again, like we did at the Porto Fino Inn, was just uh, a little bit more socialization and uh, getting to really meet everybody and right. connect in that kind of way. Because most of the year we're all like spread out all over the place. And so it was finally cool that we got to unite together and, and right. hang out and crack whips hang out crack whips and, and really get to know each other and as I, i've said in the intro of all my other shows i mean the point of doing this podcast is to bring our community together and bring our community together and um, get to know each other uh, whip cracking whip crackers are spread out there's not big communities centrally located maybe there is in your neighborhood but not in mine <laughs> not really too there's only a few uh Really, it's only like a few individuals here and there around yeah. the DMV area, like Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. Um, there's a few nearby. There's a couple in Philly. There's a few down in Virginia and a couple here in Maryland. But to my knowledge, there's no like local whip meetups. There's one in Philly, though. So, okay, I believe. Sounds like something we should make a point to visit sometime. Um, so... What what was it about it that made it one of your highlights of your life? I mean, you had been before. You have you've won before. Whoa. I think this time uh, I put a little bit more focus. So last time when I went, I was really just focused on the competition. Yeah, and uh, I do actually feel like I was a little better focused when I actually competed uh, last year than this year. But I still just I was trying to have a little bit be a little bit more relaxed this year. Um, okay. Of course, I wasn't relaxed the whole time, but like uh, as in regards to the competition, but try to just relax, have a good time, honestly, and just yeah. enjoy and just enjoy the moment. Right. D did you have a like a, a memorized 60 second routine you were trying to do or were you just stringing together what you were thinking of at the moment? So for both the single whip and the double whip, I had what I would call basic, uh, basically a routine plan for each of them. Okay. But uh, kind of in both of them this time, they sort of went out the window, and I kind of ended up just flowing in the moment. 
Uh, it it was really impressive. I did notice the timer stopped. It looks like you were kind of mid routine on one of them, um, and I was so I was wondering if you added something extra in there. But yeah, if you're going with the flow, that makes a lot of sense. The uh, I actually have I have part of a video of it. I didn't start it quite early enough. Do you feel like that you were able to to do it? Obviously, you hit all your cracks. Was there anything that you were hoping to be able to? I don't know, to, to do during your routine that you didn't get to or. Yes. So I'll be completely honest during the single whip. Uh, I did miss at least one or two cracks kind of lost my groove in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then with the double whip, I was going to do a few harder tricks, like some more tricks with like the Tasmanian cutback and the staggered four corners. Ah, but Okay. But uh, right before we did the double whip competition, um, some of us went out and practiced, and I think I just went a little too much, so it kind of fatigued me a little bit. Ah, so, okay. so you didn't get to I do kinda, I kind of had to omit a few moves that I was originally planned. So I honestly didn't feel uh, I did my best um, with the competition. But uh, It sure looked incredible from, from my perspective. can do... All right, so this is, from my perspective, I, obviously you are mid-routine here. Feel free to commentate as it goes along. So some arrowheads and over four corners. Okay. This is obviously the single. So, pair. yeah, I, I was originally going to do... Um, I kind of have a sequence in my head, but uh, keep it kind of open-ended, of course, like never have it too rigid, but I kind of ended it up just like really flowing with like the four corners, cracks, breakaways, yeah. just trying to keep it loud. It, it certainly was. Um, I think that was one of the, uh, there were two people there that were super loud. And uh, so Spencer, and I don't apologize, I don't know his last name. Crazy loud, very strong whipcracker. Yeah, he, his cracks are super loud. Um, but I, I would say that you are louder um, when you're when you're doing yours. And so it just the really that that powerful cracks, and you have more control, I would say, in your style um, than what Spencer was doing personally. But uh, it's just different styles too. But uh, really, I think your experience also shows that that it was it's really really impressive oh, i don't have a video on the the double whip uh what do you remember from that how did how did that go for you so uh originally again i was going to try to do the staggered four corners but i ended up just doing i think it was like one together time four corners yeah and i don't right. remember what i did right after that but i know i did like some moves like sun also rises it's one of adam winrich's moves I did a singleton special into a cyclone. Did um, you do singleton special on both sides? Maybe, maybe no, that I think, was a, I, think I only did the right hand. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I will say, so when I was practicing um, before the comp, uh, before the trip, I was like able to get through a minute uh, pretty consistently, um, you know, when, when you're pr out cracking for like over an hour or so, there comes a point where you do fatigue. But I was able to get through the cracks pretty good. But uh, they're definitely – so I was feeling pretty good about that. But during the competition day, it was definitely a struggle at the end there, especially in the double, to get through all the cracks. So I was definitely like really just trying to get through it. I was feeling the 
fuel in the barn in the forearms. Right. Do you feel like sure. there is any benefit to, like, I, I've heard of different strategies. Slow down your required cracks. Move, you know, slow down your, just your routine in general to, to stretch it out a little bit. Now, that doesn't help with your show off at the end for the, um, but, or do you think it's really important to really have a strong initial run as well? I think optimally you want to be, um, keep yourself fresh so that you're ready for it so that you can try to go at it like strong and try to keep it strong, at least for most of the time, yeah. you might have a part where you're doing like a lot of cracks in a short time. Then you might do something that isn't quite as tiring for like a few seconds or so, but then really the, the idea is to try to start strong mm-hmm. and kind of keep that momentum going and then try to finish strong. I see. So you don't look like you're petering out at the end. So you can kind of keep that same, same pace. Uh, do you, wh- how do you go about uh, preparing for that? You mentioned that practicing for an hour. Is that every day? Does that <laughs> practice that much? So most of the time I tried, optimally I'd like to practice three hours a day. Now that's going to include like little short breaks in between sets. That's not like three hours continuous cracking. That'd be like an all in one go. That'd the same be crazy. set 180 times. Here we go. <laughs> but uh and that would include like single whip double whip learning new things Mm -hmm. drilling some target work so of course the target work's not as uh tiring true so so some days i only end up getting like today this morning i only got about 40 minutes in before i had to go to work uh some days i'm able to get like an hour and a half or two hours and then sometimes uh, i get off work uh in the evening so sometimes i hit like 30 minutes to 60 minutes in the evening, a little nighttime whip cracking, okay. which is really nice. Do you live in an area that doesn't bother the neighbors? Yeah, I live uh, kind of close to the country. It's kind of back in the woods, so okay, definitely not an issue over here for sure. Right. What What is your day job? What do you go off and do that distracts you from so much whip cracking? <laughs> so I'm actually a custodian for the school board. Oh, cool. Okay. And, uh, so I, I originally worked in several different trade jobs. I worked in an auto shop. I worked in HVAC. Okay. Uh, and my last job was working on the roadways, like painting the roads and putting yeah. traffic signs in and stuff like that. Oh, and I actually jobs. had an impingement in this shoulder, and Ooh. it was actually from my nine-foot whip, uh, that uh, nine-foot uh, nylon bull whip with the wooden handle I like to use a lot. Right, yeah, there for was the one and stuff. There was one day back in 2021, it was like February, where I was practicing with it for a really long time. And I think I overdid it and it had like a little pop. So I had an issue with that for a little while. And then shortly after that, I ended up injuring this one. I think the reason that happened at all in both cases was GOAT was basically not taking care of my shoulders, not stretching Mm -hmm. enough, not trying to strengthen them. And uh, so I had to really tone back my whip cracking for a couple months in the first half of 2021. So I had to leave my one job and I ended up just going to the school board as a custodian because it was something I could do right. at the time. Okay. And uh, so, yeah. Wow. Um, actually, in the uh, the podcast that was recently released with uh, Chris Wright and Robin, um, they we talked a lot about stretching for whip making. And Robin brought up, actually, she was a little worried about you with some of the way that you do your neck and shoulders. I, it was You think some of that is you're protecting that shoulder the way 
when you use it or what, what is your stretching routine specifically? Well, generally like, right. I think one of the most important things with whip cracking is, mm -hmm. uh, is to warm up, warm your neck up, do some neck circles, Okay. do some shoulder circles. You can stretch like up here behind your back, Okay. but really just get them nice and loose. And that helps avoid, uh, injury because like if you don't do that and you jump right into some heavy sets yeah you'll definitely you'll definitely feel it pretty quickly right yeah when we what was it thursday when we did a when we showed up up at uh, for whipcon um e, uh isaac brought out his chain whip and i should have warmed up more before i started throwing that thing around and like to take my arm off um yeah that thing's a monster five yeah. and a half pounds i feel like four times that um do you do any other like for your for your hands or any other um lower back stuff or is it just really mostly the neck and shoulders um i, I know i certainly my lower back gets uh, pretty tired over time i not that yeah, i practice I try to hours, just, i'm sorry no go ahead go. i try to just like uh do some full body stretches try to stretch my back shoulders legs everything out okay um just in general, sometimes I don't do it every day like I should, but I try to do it pretty regularly to keep everything loose and try to avoid injury because I've sprained my back multiple times. Uh, I've had a hip thing uh, issue going on for a little while. It's not so bad now. I've had shoulder injuries um, and different things. I actually pulled my neck uh, right after Christmas, so I had to take a couple days off practicing. Ooh. Wow. So, yeah, that – that was kind of tight for a little bit, but that seems to resolve now and be pretty good. Take care of yourself, man. That's, uh, uh, yeah, you got you, you only got the one body. So <laughs> that's right. Definitely. And that's what I've learned. Like, especially like first and foremost, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. absolutely. And that includes recovery too. Right. Ah, that's awesome. Um, what do you have? Um, so yeah, you talked about your, your, current job and how you're able to get your practicing in and all do you have like a, a dream job is there any way that it would relate to whip cracking perhaps so i've actually uh when was the first one i think it was back in 2021 i gave my first whip lesson uh someone reached uh well actually adam uh referred her to me because she lives in the area and that was my first time ever given like a formal lesson and oh. I wasn't so sure going into it, but it ended up being, it was really cool to like share the art of whip cracking. So I definitely yeah. enjoy uh, showing it to others and teaching others how to do it. Right. Um, so that's pretty cool. I don't know if I have like a set dream job. Uh, definitely not be uh, custodial work, but <laughs> that's kind of just a. <laughs> I mean, working for the school bluntly. board is probably cool, but yeah, maybe not custodial. The. Uh, well, have you done uh, thought about any other performance type work? You had you made some mention of it, I think, when we were in California, wanting to. Yeah, it is something that I'm like kind of exploring now. I think it'd be really mm -hmm. cool to do like some type of performance gigs. Like again, kind of relates back to entertaining people. Uh, you know, they're having a good time, enjoying the whip cracking, and just showing the art of the whip cracking. Yeah, enjoying. And I think that's pretty cool. I think that originally stemmed, for me at least, uh, from just doing the videos. So back during the pandemic, uh, pandemic, uh, 
So it was like February 2020. That's when I got back into whip cracking. Um, oh, yeah, just right before everything locked down. Yeah, because I did uh, jujitsu for several years. So whip cracking was kind of just like a hobby for like five years for me. And then it was like 2020. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to like really get into whip cracking, try to get really good at it. And uh, so I didn't know you that's were into jujitsu. How far did you get? What did what was that like? Uh, so I kept having a few, well, so I got to blue belt and I had a few injuries like here and there and was out for little periods of time. Um, but, uh, I'm definitely glad I did it cause it does, it jujitsu does help a lot. Well, I guess any martial art with your confidence and everything, right. um, and discipline. So, uh, I definitely enjoyed my time with that, but I do feel like I, I do kind of regret not getting back into whip cracking uh, a little bit sooner. Cause I feel like I could have, if I got into it when I was a little bit younger, mm-hmm. like I'd definitely be much farther along, but I mean, the Australians show that is indeed, yeah, that's the secret Absolutely. to their success. <laughs> do you ever want to go over and compete against some of those kids that have done it their whole life? Uh, I think that'd be totally awesome to be a part of one of the, one of their competitions. I will definitely have to learn, a, uh, quite a few more routines and do a lot of practice to even like really consider seriously going over there. Right. But, uh, it would definitely be cool to, that would be a very cool experience and it'd be really cool to like meet up with some of them and just see how they go about, uh, with their whip cracking and their training. And just their whole mm-hmm. tradition with it, you know, the Australian style is very traditional. So, so yeah, that would definitely be something very cool. Plane tickets are really expensive right now, <laughs> but true. I'm hoping maybe in a few years I'll be able to head on over there. That, that'd be awesome. Did you uh, learn a lot from, uh, so Adam Winrich, for those who don't know, he had a Australian whip cracking uh, workshop, I guess he called it. Um, do you feel like you learned some stuff there? Uh, he certainly demonstrated a few. Yes, I I feel like I definitely got uh, a few really good tips with that. Um, just really like the, I guess, kind of the mindset behind it and then organizing how you're training and going about it, like how you're going about new moves. And Do you, did you pick up anything like, I mean, I think you've done things like the, the hoof beats and obviously you do all kinds of different combinations of Queensland crossover, but I wrote down this entire page of all the different cracks that he <laughs> referenced in there. Um, just, yeah, lots of different um, types of cracks. Is there anything from that workshop that you feel like you took away? Uh, I feel like, so some of those routines he did, like the lawn Seston special from Ben Hughes and, uh, what other ones? I'm still working on the the canter and the Philandy hoof beats and certain things and some of the other routines. Uh, but I think one big thing I took away from that was I was asking him about a very specific uh, combination that he does out of the Queensland crossover with the Tasmanian cutback. I was kind of yeah. hoping he would like know it off the top of his head. But like he said, he said, if I can find that video again, I could try to learn it. But try not to get too caught up in, you know, learning the way he does a certain move and try to focus more on making my own kind of sure, sure. Yeah, I, routine based on, for example, the Queensland crossover and Tasmanian right. cutback. Very cool. 
yeah, I, I would like to see what you could come up there. Um, like I was just reading down, like yeah, Ben's helicopter and Paul's magic and the uh, the well, just like easy ones like the breakaway and well here Simon's lightning, drove her two step. Like all all of those are just so such great routines that uh, it's it's a lot to learn there. As you're continuing to practice, are you looking for something that's tied to what you're currently doing, or is there? I guess how do you pick what to do next? What do you drill next? So for me, so back in 2020 when I started really getting back into the double whip cracking, I mm -hmm. could do like. Um, Queensland crossover, I could do staggered volleys, but I couldn't do, for example, like all the rhythm stuff and I wasn't very smooth at it. Okay. So I drilled that for a couple months. Then I was working on, for example, uh, Adam Winrich's A and W combo. That's probably one of my favorite routines. The one where he's like a couple of volleys in the left hand, that uh, one, right, it's right. Got that kind of syncopation to it. Um, the intertwine. I believe it's the Tasmanian crossover and uh, a few other uh, routines and moves. And then I kind of just try to build off that. So like lately, like this past year, I spent a lot of time trying to work on the staggered four corners yeah. and the air ring corners. Okay. Um, still working on so Daniel's you're, you're chaser and some of the like four corners right. uh, routines. And then trying to get a little better at doing different things in my right hand and left hand, trying to get like my left hand a little bit stronger, for example, with okay. the four corners cracks. And and uh, there's definitely like, I would say more than several uh, Australian whip cracking routines that I really want to learn. Then there's some other routines from others like Canadian bacon from Justin Bereski. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. And then Todd Rex, he has like a, uh, is it Mr. Peaches? Um, I believe that's what he calls one of his routines. That's super cool. That and like, you could probably mess around, like do a lot of different things with that type of things I'd like to explore as well. And sometimes I also want to try not to do like, I like the, the combination cracking a lot, like mm -hmm. lots of combos, kind of high volume with the cracks. But sometimes it's really good to like get out of your element, use like a whip that you're not used to, like shorter whips. For example, I like, the medium to longer length whips, but sometimes it's good to like use shorter whips or just something like totally out of your element in your comfort zone. Right. And try to get a little bit better with that. Do you feel like certain whips are better tied to certain routines? Do you like switch, switch sets of whips for different routines? Yes. So you can definitely do uh, a lot of four corner stuff. Like you can do four corner stuff with five or five and a half foot stock whips. But uh, a six-foot stock whip's generally going to be a little better suited for it in most cases. Right. And it's going to be a little bit easier shorter. to hit all the cracks. Yeah, if you get a lot shorter than that, too, it'd probably be really hard. <laughs> Very speedy. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, obviously, you, you've just mentioned, I don't know, 10 or 12 different ones that are awesome. So, tomorrow, when you go out to practice... How do you decide what you're going to pick up? Um, do you have a particular one that you just drill and then you just like, this one sounds interesting and I'll just work on that? Or do you kind of keep a list and you work your way down it each day? Like you have your gym routine, got to do 10 sets of the bench press and the stock whip. So, 
<laughs> I'd say it's definitely like uh, a little bit more like a list on, in general. Sometimes mm-hmm. I will just be like, oh, I'm a tr-, like the other day I was trying to work on, uh, I believe it's Diana's crossover or the Whipcrackers salute, like the one that Adam does where you do basically a crossover behind your back. Right. So, so I was kind of taking a, a go at that, and I'm still learning that one, just trying to get a little better at hitting that cutback and getting that flick a little bit more consistently. Sure. And then trying to get better at the double Tasmanian cutback behind the back and then trying to stagger it and start building up for that. So sometimes, like, on a whim, I'll be like, ooh, I'm going to try. This move routine is, like, something I want to learn. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to practice that, even though I'll be working on, say, like, five or six other different things. But I do think I need to try to narrow down and hit like one or two things and like really focus more on that right. and kind of nail it down then move on. Uh, Kit was mentioning that in his uh, whip flow class as well to have a, a focused practice similar to where to learning music was his comb- his uh, the way he compared it to where he you know you pick your chord or your, your particular song you're trying to practice and work on that until you nail it. Um, I, I could certainly see how that ties into whip cracking and with the whip 101, you helped on out on that. Is that right? Yeah, I did, uh, two challenges. I did. So one for each year. Right. And you, you really broke that down into really tiny steps so that each person could work on combining them and building it into a routine for each of the different, uh, challenges there. Do you feel like you do something similar yourself or how do you, how do you break up a routine when you see it? So this was actually something I was talking with uh, Adam about a little bit, because I'm trying to, for example, take another routine, uh, Maelstrom from Luke Fritsch over in uh, Australia. Yep. And like that's that a very, very tough routine. Um, that doesn't involve the four corners. It's a routine. I can do all the cracks in each hand, uh, single whip, but trying to learn, trying to put it all together. And he was giving some tips on like how to go about that. When I'm usually trying to learn a new routine first, I try to just get what I call the form of it. So I might not be nailing all the cracks, but base like the basic motion for it. Mm -hmm. So, so like, for example, again, like with the staggered four corners at first it was just trying to get first you gotta learn your together time four corners right then learn how to just uh get the motion for staggering it and you might not be nailing all the cracks but but then just progressing with that and then trying to learn each little detail of how you can nail all the cracks and get the the rhythm the beat the flow and then like all the different variables and just try to like really nail each little thing down and get closer and closer until you okay. finally have like the full routine. So it sounds like you're, you're building it. You, you build a form and then you start putting the pieces together in, in detail, something like that. Yeah. That's, that's based. That's a, I like that. Good way to put it. I like that. I, you also do some really interesting, um, other target work. Let me see. I think I have a video here. So on this one, I think you're just going to do... Oh yeah, decompressing. This is how Ian decompresses. So relaxing. Yeah, these... 
Yeah. And these are, so lately I've been actually like really enjoying the five foot uh, performance hybrids. These were made by Alyssa and I actually bought them from her at the con and uh, they crack really very smoothly. Yeah, Iris whips. Yeah, I, I cracked some of hers too. They are nice. And then sometimes you find little combos like that was just doing like a four corner in one hand and a ball in the other, then going into the double breakaway. So you'll find like little routines and nice. stuff like that. You'll you'll find like little flows that you enjoy too. And everybody's got like you know like different routines that they enjoy doing. And for me, I try to always like experience. I mean, there's definitely like a lot of routines I do like consistently kind of like the style but i try to like explore and learn different ones and like all the different ways you can go about it i i could see that and i it shows how you have different pieces there even with that little routine there they have distinct distinct segments that you you've pieced together and it's uh yeah it's very impressive and you can just hear how each each one is really punchy and then there's this one the uh your can drop one this is i love this video oh yeah adam shared a memory of this one and he was like ian cameron you should try this and uh so i definitely had to give it a go for sure right here so throw out the whip cross it what's up i love it <laughs> so the hardest part for me with this one wasn't getting um of course sometimes i spilled the cup but the hardest part for me was because I was using a 20 foot whip. I don't have like a 30 oh. foot whip. So the hardest part was me to get my arms to cross into like before it actually hit the bottle. So for me, that was the actual hardest part of this trick. Wow. That's a nice whip too. Who made that? Yeah, that's a, so that's a 20 foot bull whip made by uh, Isaac. Elias and Whipco. Yeah. And, uh, oh, very nice. That is a very, very nice whip. And, uh, the transition area on that's very, very strong. And I feel like you got a very good, uh, control with it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Clearly the targeting is awesome with it. I would love to get a whip like that. I don't, I don't have any that are that long. I have a 12 foot, but that's about as long as I go. Let's 12 see. foot's pretty fun. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend at some point uh, getting a, I have a two 20 foot whips, but it's definitely, definitely worth the investment to get one at least at yeah. some point. Yeah. I played with Isaac, one of his uh, 20 foot whips um, on Thursday. We were taking bottles out of the tree. We, somebody would climb up and put up a bottle up on a branch and we were taking it out. Hitting them out the tree. Yeah. It was great. It might be in one of Nick's videos if he, uh, whenever he puts it all together, Nick Schrader. All right, so this one is okay. uh, from Can Cutting. So this one is really... I think you just did this the other day, too. Yeah, I think it was just uh, like two or three days ago. Whoops. And, of course, it opens it in the wrong window. Let's see how... We can... We... Uh, uh, yeah, wow. I don't know why it's not making it full screen for me, but... And you got to take a sip, of course. <laughs> Definitely. Anytime you get a perfect cut, it's like, it's like a requirement. Look at that. So actually this brings up a really interesting point. So at both times I've gone to the LA WhipCon, I've used a couple other whips to try to do can cutting. Yeah. And I actually wasn't too good with them. So this is my nine foot bullet from 
Torrance Fisher. And I have like several other whips that I do use for can cutting sometimes. I even uh, sometimes use Torrance's. I have a set of uh, six foot 275 stocks from him. They'll cut a can um, and have some other whips. But uh, I definitely like, for example, I tried to use uh, one of Spencer's uh, cow whips to cut a can. And I wasn't able to quite able to do it. So I think definitely finding a whip that that works for you, basically, you know okay. what I mean. So, and what you practice with the most uh, makes a big difference. I get asked about that trick like a lot. What type of popper I use, and a lot of people uh, trying to learn it. Yeah. Do you feel like changing the popper? I know some people they call them like a chainsaw cracker with lots of knots in it, or extra long fall, or what do you do to? Yeah. yeah. So you can use a normal popper and sometimes I'll put a normal popper on when I really want to try to be a little bit more precise, but putting a chainsaw popper does make it like a lot easier because when you're using like a normal size popper, like let's say like an eight inch popper, again, you got to hit with the, there's some rare instances you can slice through the can with the fall, but most of the time you got to hit with the popper while the whip's cracking. So when you have like say 18 inch or so, chainsaw popper it just makes it so much easier to i use my glass of water right here to connect this way versus just nicking the can or getting too far forward and hitting with the fall so it makes it a lot easier and i usually just use everybody gets uh not everybody but a lot of people seem to get very hung up on the material i get asked that a lot and uh i usually just use bonded nylon string and uh i don't think the material in most cases matters too much but uh it works just fine awesome do you you crack um so the point is is you want to crack right before it would normally make contact with the can so that goes supersonic through the can or do you want to like crack like in front of it so let me set my camera right here for a second so because i've always struggled with this so let's see if I can do this on the yeah, camera. Give see, a good illustration. Go. So, so basic. So basically, most people, let's say they're using their right hand. Like from my perspective, it's on the left side of the screen for you guys. But we'll have the whip crack over here on the right side, and then the popper is hitting the can on the follow through when you lose most of the power. So. I learned basically from Adam Winrich's tutorial to aim to the left side of the can. So because the whip actually cracks, it doesn't just go straight out and crack right at the tip like that. It actually cracks back here and then it follows through. Ah. So if you're aiming for, if you're using your right hand to the left side of the can, the full crack will happen right here and it'll help rip through the can. So for most people, most instances, they're aiming too far to the right and they need to aim the crack farther to their left side and yeah. vice versa if you're using your left hand. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what I've been doing. I end up with the imprint of the twist of the of the cracker into the can a whole bunch of times. It's just not, not going fast enough, I guess. And do you want it to hit with the broad side of the twisted part of the, the cracker? Or are you wanting to like get that the tip to go through the middle of the can? I guess you get to cut, cut all the way through. You want to be past it. Yeah, I, generally you want to have the popper going a little bit past it because if it's not going like past it enough, then it's just going to cut through the front half of the can. Yeah, good point. So you really want it to go like 
past it a little bit so that it can kind of sort of wrap around the can and rip through it. Yeah. Okay. And now I want to go tear up some cans. <laughs> <laughs> Bust some cans up. Yeah. I, uh, I spent one week, I was out there just basically every day. That's what I was focusing on. And I went out there one afternoon. It was summer. It was hot. And I looked up and I bought the, it was a super cheap off brand of, it was just like called Cola or something. No, it was Dr. Something. So it was off brand Dr. Pepper. It was like Dr. Cola. And all over the side of my house was black speckles of the dried soda that had splattered. (laughs) Instead of practicing that day, I hosed down the side of the house. That was, that was not fun. Just those, those things you don't think about. Yeah, it definitely, depending on where you're at, like I'm usually out in the yard, uh, closer to the woods. So it's not like yeah. a big deal. The only issue I have is in the summertime, if I'm busting like a bunch of cans up, sometimes I'll have like some yellow jackets oh, come out sugar. and be kind of all over the place. And usually they don't bother you or nothing, but have you had many definitely not trying to track them. F- funny incidents or strange incidents while you're trying to learn some of these routines? Um, any strange instances? Um, I've accidentally broke my coffee mugs a couple times. No, oh, no. Just like the one you're holding? No, when I just have it on like one of my stands nearby and I'm just like cracking and then uh, not paying it. One of the biggest things with whip cracking is paying attention to your surroundings. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it just knocks it off the thing and wow, breaks it. Yeah. Um, so do you have any like specific goals? I mean, obviously you've got the can cutting down. <laughs> Is there a specific goal you're working on for this year? I mean, not that you want to reveal any of your secrets for next year's competition, but do you feel like I, I just want to get that, that maelstrom down this year or something? That's definitely one of them. There's definitely um, quite a few routines I want to try to nail down. And I think another big goal for me this year is to try to get a little bit stronger. And I think that'll also help with, with especially the double two-handed whip cracking. And I'd like to actually start going after, like just start with one, try to start going after a few world records. I think that would be fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. That, that so, would, uh, yeah, like I, uh, you, you can, you can volley pretty fast. I, that might be in your, in your wheelhouse for most of our cracks in a minute. Have you tried? I would. Yeah, I would definitely have to train a ton for that. So I think for the single bullwhip, excuse me, I think Jack the Whipper still holds that record. I believe so. And uh, he trained for, I believe he said two years. Oh. Like he, he did like a full like uh, gym regimen and like put on a lot of muscle and like really I think it actually ended up messing up his shoulder, I believe. Ugh. Don't quote me on that, but I think I believe that's what happened. But definitely a big toll on the body for sure. And then I don't know who currently holds the double. Uh, well, I think there's a couple records. So I don't know who currently holds the double one. Um, I know Griggs held it for a while, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know Nathan Griggs. Nathan he Griggs, he yeah. held it for a good yeah. while, I think. I didn't think to look it up before this interview that that'd be really awesome and especially if you come up with some other ideas i know adam and jennifer troy and um other people are always looking for new interesting ones that they can have added to the the world records so you know most 
was it the most eggs cracked or balloons cracked? I forget which one of them. One of those, they, they maybe both of them, you know, they sent the proposal and this would be a really visual, cool thing to to do and to make a record out of. And they agreed, apparently. I'll have to ask them if I have them on the show. But you should be thinking about that because you could... I, I've seen some of your uh, cutting stuff and it, like how many... Um, zucchini can you cut in an hour in a one minute or something i don't know <laughs> an hour uh, not That's an hour sorry no test. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah let's see here um I've, I've got i've got a whole page of questions i wanted to ask you all uh, you, you have such such skill like just watching you do some stuff that i'm struggling with <laughs> just so easily it, it's very impressive and I appreciate the videos and that you've already put up. Do you, do you have any plans for making more videos, um, like training style, showing people how to do some, you know, like Adam or somebody like that? And if so, what yes. were you thinking? So uh, that's definitely something that I've been kicking around for a while and honestly should have been already doing it, uh, but definitely want to try to do uh, – Tutorials, not just on like tricks that I do, but like, again, so there's like a lot of good tutorials out there from like Adam Winrich and Justin Bereski yeah. and others on a lot of different tricks, a lot of beginner, intermediate right. and advanced tricks. And Ben Hughes also has some really nice tutorials that I also like to reference um, as well. I'd like to do a lot of tutorials, even on some of those moves uh, from others that, that I've already been on youtube I, for a good while just to I you know have you my should. take on it yeah um and uh and definitely like other things too like with the soda cans and um and uh and like different tricks and stuff but yeah and, and then also just like the theory behind whip cracking and that kind of thing so that's yeah. definitely something i'd like to start doing a little bit more of i mean from my perspective when i'm watching i mean just that one i that the uh, Ian relaxing after Whipcon video, it just looks like you've tied your whip to a ceiling fan and you're going nuts. Like it's <laughs> like it, it. I have to really focus to realize all the different pieces that you're doing. It's uh, like they all should be called a maelstrom. Like that's the great best name for whip crack. Is <laughs> <It's> that there's <laughs> just a lot going on. That's. I mean, it's intimidating, honestly, and I. I when I want to approach learning a, a new trick, it's um, difficult to break it down. And seeing a lot of different people talk about the same thing is is super helpful. So yeah, please please do. Uh, e even like probably the one that I struggled with the most, if I if I had to say I was scared of one, was the early on the backwards overhead. Because it's coming right like your at your reverse face. overhead crack. Yeah, but no, not reverse. So it's in front, but actually, you want it to crack behind you. So you're so you can do overhead crack. So it swings out in front, and the coil goes forward. But you can do that and have it coil go backwards. Also, it's kind of almost like you do an overhead volley. Um, it's cracking behind you and in front of you. Okay. Um, so may maybe I, I gave it the wrong name, but I remember watching. Are you talking about where you go a little bit farther, like a coachman's or like a like so, part of the slow and fast helicopter? Yeah, exactly. It would be like so much of the slow and fast helicopter. Okay. Yeah. 
but just doing the one crack back when I was really like, I got the, I got the cattleman's down. I've got, I can do, um, you know, I can do fast figure eight and I can do an overhead. Now I'm going to try and do overhead back there. And I, I, I was scared to death because it was coming at my face <laughs> and I, I hit myself plenty of times, glasses, hats, big long coats in the summer. Um, and watching different people do it and how they moved their body and moved their arm. And each person is obviously Jennifer and Adam and um, there, there's a third person. And I, I was comparing all three of their videos. Very different body shapes, very different styles of cracking. And it, it took all of them for me to overcome that small hurdle. And now it's, it's super easy to do. I think I would still wear safety glasses, but <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. If I'm ever doing anything that's a little sketchy for me, I do go ahead and throw. It's like I get asked that a lot too. It's like if I'm doing something that's like really sketchy for me, I will sometimes put uh, safety glasses on. And that's a good point that you just brought up. The what we were just talking about with doing the tutorials. Sometimes you hear a piece of information from one person and it kind of sticks a little bit, and then somebody else goes over the same routine or move, but they explain it a slightly different way and that gives you like another piece and sometimes it just takes hearing it a different way or explained slightly different to yeah. help it really all click and i think that's right. also uh really helpful so the more people doing uh tutorials and stuff the more helpful it's going to be for everybody honestly absolutely so don't feel like you don't need to do a tutorial on anything like if it if you're in inspired to make a tutorial on whatever certainly Add another one to YouTube. I, I will watch it. <laughs> it. I definitely need to make a YouTube channel for sure. Yeah, you very do. soon. And especially if you can get a similar name to what you have on, I think it's Instagram. You're the Indian. Ian uh, Jones. That's that's so great. So clever. Ah, that's awesome. Um, let's see. So I've I've got some fun questions here that are just kind of. I, I I was looking through like icebreaker questions and things like that for these interviews and there's always always fun ones to to throw in there but so obviously we all have our well most of us have day jobs that we have to go like we talked about earlier but if you had like a million dollars or a hundred million dollars so you don't have to do you don't you don't have to go in anymore you can live where you where you want you can do what you want with your time um what, what would you be doing how much of it would be whip cracking and what else what else would you be doing so in that scenario i would definitely do a lot of whip cracking <laughs> as much as i can for Heck sure yeah i try to definitely um teach whip cracking to others and try to spread whip cracking in a positive way yeah um that's important that would definitely be a big thing. Probably do some performances. I don't know how many, but like demonstrations and everything. I'd probably go and try to like rescue dogs and cats off the street, honestly. Aww. In that case, just start like a whole thing. That's something I might try to do one day as well anyway. Do you have a, uh, it sounds like you have a passion for, for animals that are in trouble there. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I've definitely always, so I've grew up in the woods, so, and we've always had like dogs and cats and everything. So mm -hmm. I definitely have like a soft spot for them. Um, again, I think it's just good to do something 
meaningful in the world. It doesn't really matter what it is. Like some people with their careers, for example, whether it's teaching or or anything really, yeah. for example, just try to do something to give back to society. So, I mean, we, we do that with our jobs and everything, but it'd be cool to do something that's like extra meaningful to you. Yeah, meaningful. Like, um, so what is it about that dogs and cats? Have you have you had experience with animals that have had been abused or other been through hard times? Um, we've we've saved a couple animals off the street, and and like our one dog Abel, he was in a pretty bad situation with his owners. Aww. They definitely weren't treating him very good, and so we were able to like. Uh, basically give him a good home he was like one of those dogs where it would have been very tough for him to find a home like because he had like a bunch of issues so he was like six months old when we got him yeah and uh he could be pretty aggressive and you know he was growling at all of us and just like very very you know kind of difficult to be around but so it took a lot of patience and uh so so and uh he's again not like perfect but like he's definitely like uh, he's come a long way, so yeah, that, it's that, definitely rewarding to see that. Re- re- rewarding, like like how, like just to, to see to see like this dog go for 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 example, they kept him in a crate all the time, so right. it was kind of tough for him to even like to walk right. Mm-hmm. So his joints weren't very strong, Oof. and uh, I don't know if they fed him enough and everything. But anyway, to to go from that to being strong and healthy, but also like to go from growling at us all the time to yeah. to like wanting to s- sit on the couch with you. You know what I mean? So like just right. the total growth, getting better with the uh, visitors to the house too. Wow, that that yeah, I can see what you mean by that. That is, uh, and I, I've I've seen some really poor animals that have had hard times in their lives, and that's that's really big of you to do that and. I, I hope you'll have the opportunity to, to continue to, you know, share your big heart with, well, with, with the world and help out more animals. That's that's awesome. I didn't, didn't know you had that, had that going on. Um, are, do you have other animals there living close to the woods? Or do you have like, uh, Excuse I don't me. know, horses or chickens or um, anything? Oh, uh, we had chickens uh, at one point for a little while. We just currently have uh, three dogs and a cat. And of course, you have like the occasional bear that comes into the yard and oh my. other wildlife. Wow! Yeah, I've had this. Last year, I had to uh, scare one away with my whips. It was like wandering in the yard, getting like a little, like repeatedly getting like a little too comfortable. Oh my goodness! Which again, of course, you don't want the wild animals to get too comfortable around people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, wow. it's not like to be mean or nothing, of course. Sure. Just not to get too comfortable. Yeah, they hard to get comfortable with loud cracking going on. I guess. I've actually had a bear one time. I, I swear, I swear on my life. I was out practicing. I was doing like some two-handed stuff out by mm-hmm. the woods, and uh, something w- came to the edge of the yard, like back in the woods. And my dogs, uh, Tank and Abel, just ran back to the woods, and I like ran after them because I didn't know what they were chasing. And I saw the bear like running off. So the bear came. I don't know how close exactly, like pretty close up to the edge of the yard. I guess Whoa. I don't know if it was out of curiosity or just ignoring. And that's another question people ask a lot, like, oh, a whip would be really great to scare a bear away. And, like, it definitely would probably work in most cases, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't bank on that, oh, honestly. Yeah, apparently not. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was very weird. It was kind of strange, but 
definitely i think people should at least be aware of that for sure yeah wow um so let's see i've got had some other questions here so what are some other um whip crackers that that you look up to i mean you've mentioned several you mentioned ben hughes when we were talking about the uh lessons from adam but uh is there anybody in particular and and why so uh, there's definitely quite a few in the community that I look up to. So I would actually go as far as to say Adam Wimmerich is kind of like, he's kind of like my hero. He's <laughs> sort of the reason I got into, I understand, that sounds yeah. kind of corny, but no. he's kind of the reason I got into whip cracking and, mm-hmm. and he's done a lot of things. And I just like, I really do look up to him and everything he's done. And also just how he's given back to everybody. Like he's really helped uh, whip cracking grow all around the world. Yeah. especially here in the states uh i, mean, I look up to uh todd rex justin bereski um ben hughes uh, what is it about todd that i mean just uh, those are all all big names yeah what what is it about each of these guys that i mean todd's an awesome guy so todd's just he's just an awesome guy uh what i look uh up to him as far as wick cracking is i love that he found his own style and he's just very much himself because like he could try to learn for example like all the all shown whip cracking routines but i like how he just and same thing with like justin for example uh they just kind of go their own way and they use yeah. the whip to express themselves in a way that is fulfilling to them and the stuff they can do, like when I, when every time I see them in person, like the moves they do, it's like, it just blows me away. It's like, wow, that is just super impressive and also different. It's not like, right. again, like the traditional Australian whip cracking style, which I also look up to, you know, Ben Hughes and a lot of the Australian whip crackers as well, uh, kind of for the same reason, but that they're yeah extremely good at those moves, but it's really cool when. One of my biggest things, I guess, with whip cracking is it's a very personal thing. So again, some people are more into the target work. Some people like yeah. single whip or indie whips or double whip or different styles of whip cracking. So what really, what one thing I really just love about whip cracking is when people truly find a meaningful way to express themselves with the whip. It's and uh, whatever it is. Some people dance with the whip. Some people do like a yeah. more martial arts kind of style, Indiana Jones and right right and uh so i just i really like to see uh all the different stuff people come up with i think it's really cool yeah i i agree it, it really is and unlike like you said it's uh it expresses a person and it's it seems to be fulfilling for for that person to, to use your term yeah fulfilling i think is a a great word um so do you have anybody like over in the australian circuit for instance that you follow or are most of them are the american side I mean, you mentioned Ben, uh, Ben Hughes. Yeah, Ben for sure. Um, I really love. Um, I really love how he uh, how he had a he has his YouTube channel. Yeah. With some of his tutorials, I find that to be uh, also really helpful. Um, there's not. I haven't seen a lot of videos of a lot of the other uh, Australian whip crackers. Mm-hmm. I've seen a video of Daniel Wicks uh, competing, and I think it was 2019, I believe. Uh, Australian Whip Cracking Championship. Um, I haven't seen a lot of videos, for example, of like James Scott or Emma East, but um, again, they are superb whip crackers. And like the little bit I have seen, it's super duper impressive. 
And I just, I just have a lot, like a high respect for that. Also, Danny Shaw. Oh and, yeah. Uh, is, is whip cracking is absolutely phenomenal. And, and anytime, like all, all of these people, uh, really inspire me. So do they inspire certain things or is it just like a generic sort of thing? How does it inspire you? So I think each of them, I think each person might inspire again. I think it's kind of both to answer your question. On one hand, there's like a general, I guess, inspiration, but then it's also like specific things, of course. So like, for example, like uh, Danny Shaw, super great at the two handed routines. Yeah. I really like how he did, uh, went through all five of the four corners, a uh, double whip, uh, variations like together time staggered each way oh, right. chaser windmill and then back again. So things like that. That's, that's amazing. Uh, uh, people that do like to target work and, uh, and just pretty much all the tricks and different types of tricks. So in that respect, like, you know, you it's inspires you in like specific disciplines with the whip cracking yeah. different areas. Yeah. I Adam Winrich with like his rhythm cracking. It's like super duper smooth. Yeah. It, it's, it's music, you know, it really is. Um, do you, what, what sort of, uh, you've mentioned targeting and we, we touched on it, of course, with the can cutting. Do you, do you feel like, um, or, or I feel like targeting, targeting is not represented, represented as much as a lot of the other, I mean, in some sense, it's just, okay, you hit the one target versus having these complex routines. Um, I talked to uh, uh, Keith Smith quite a bit, and he posts really fun targeting videos, multiple targets and moving things, and he puts a action figure of Jar Jar Binks and blows it across the yard, you know? <laughs> yeah, he has some great videos. I, I love the style of his videos. They're yeah, very fun. They are, and and to me, they, they're inspiring. They're very Keith, but, I mean, they're... And yeah, they, they show his personality. Um, how, how do you think um, a targeting video for for Ian would go? What What is it that you think we could uh, expand on with, with targeting for you? Um, I feel like in my videos, like up to this point, I'm kind of just like really to the point. And again, maybe it's not. I guess one of my biggest things I'm trying to learn is to be a little bit more expressive, like yeah. not just do the movement or the trick, but try to express yourself a little bit more. That could include having like moments like talking or again, like how he does with like the, he'll have like that, like Star Wars figures and yeah. different things in the music and everything. <laughs> so uh, definitely like could uh, try to express myself a little bit more and that kind of, in those kind of regards, Instead of just being like, like when you watch one of my videos, it's like, sometimes it's like maybe almost a little too to the point. It's just like, boom, hit the trick. It's like, oh, that's cool. But, right. I mean, I don't really get a sense of, of you as a person uh, or much of an expression when it's just uh, yeah, to the point. And, and, you know, short form videos are all the rage right now. And you don't get much of a, a storyline in 10 seconds or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, you can do that. And I feel like that's actually probably uh, one of my issues with social media. So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not like super big into social media. Um, I do it just because of the whip stuff. But like some of my videos, for example, that like go viral and stuff, I'll be like doing a trick very to the point. But it might be better to like, again, 
do videos kind of more like for i'll just use for example adam and jack the whipper where again being a little bit more expressive and not just doing the trick you know showing a little bit of yourself too yeah like yeah just talking about that might be to be build a better connection with your audience and yeah for sure might just go over a little better and i, I think i mean adam's really good at that when you see his shows in person i don't know how many you've uh whip performances you've seen um the whippy show was the first so so here's the ironic part that was really fun um I don't know if it was either the day before or the day they announced the Whippy show. I can't remember. It was either the day before or the same day. I was like, I watched one of Adam's uh, performances. I believe it was at the Texas Renaissance Festival from several years ago. It was on YouTube. Okay. And I was like, dang, I've never watched a real Whip show from like somebody else. That would be super cool. Yeah. And then it was right after that they announced the Whip show with, with Adam uh, Bonk. Leo Orleans and Jack. And I thought, wow, that is super cool. And of course it's going to be right when we were uh, going to LA. So yeah, exactly. That was kind of just like a no brainer to do. Yeah. I was very thankful to be able to attend that as well and got my signed poster by everybody and everything. So <laughs> it was, yeah, they, they, they knocked it out of the park. I was, I was laughing. I was having a really good time. So I really like how they blended all of their stuff together. It, it yeah. was great. And, and they're all so different styles, different personalities, different styles of performances. They're all involving whips and they tied it together in such a wonderful, wonderful show. And there, there's a few clips out there on different pieces of it, but you should definitely go check it out. If anybody that's listening, hasn't, hasn't seen some of these people perform. Um, do you feel like that inspired you to want to create a cohesive routine of any kind to be able to tell a story at like Adam did the whole Indiana Jones theme where he told the, told the story from that perspective. That was fun. For example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would definitely say, uh, it definitely got the gears going in my brain. Like, mm -hmm. okay, it would be kind of cool. Again, like I was just talking about how I normally do videos and stuff. It'd be really cool to, you know, express a little bit more, make it a little bit more fun. Yeah. Uh, to do something like that. Plus I wouldn't say I'm like a very, I'm not a very extroverted person. I'm very introverted mm -hmm. and, uh, trying to get better, uh, yeah, I mean, socializing and everything. Right. <laughs> so it'd definitely be cool to like get out the comfort zone a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Too, hey, hey, sure. You're here, right? This is great. And like, I, I was just thinking through what we've already talked about. I mean, I would love to see you have a dramatic recreation with your whips about chasing a bear off and running, chasing down your dogs and seeing a bear. <laughs> and be that is a that is a brilliant idea, actually. <laughs> now you okay? Now I got multiple ideas popping see? into my head and with that. You get out Make there, it and dramatic, and, and there's a little stuffed bear on the tree that you have to chase. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> dramatic recreation. See, you can have fun with it. it, and that's that's you. That's where you live. That's that's your life. That's what happens. And especially if you could involve your dogs, because that's your, I mean, one of your other passions and these, and have them as, as that's part of your life. And that, that, that yeah, I, I hope to see that soon. <laughs> um, okay. And, now I might have to, I might have to take you up on that idea. <laughs> see, we, we can, we can talk after I have ideas for you. Uh, <laughs> ah, yeah. Lots of fun there. Um, oh man, I lost my place here. So, so what's, what's next for you, I guess, is, is the question. Um, 
you are, I, I don't even know if I went over the actual results of the entire, entire competition before we talk about what's next. But I mean, obviously you did amazing at, at the show itself. Um, you, let me get the official results here. You took uh, second place at the obstacle course. Congratulations. That I, uh, I was not expecting that, but that was actually really fun. What did it? When I first heard about the obstacle course, I was kind of like, eh, that'd be kind of a cool idea. I thought it was a cool idea. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool they were adding it in. Yeah. As far as, like, for me personally, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. But actually doing it, it was pretty fun. Yeah. And I like how for the uh, advanced group, they had you pop a balloon. So I thought that was a cool touch. So so for people that weren't there, can you describe kind of what happened? So, so for that one, you had to do a cataman's crack in your right hand go behind your back, hit one in your left hand. And then for the advanced group, you had to do some type of release. So I did like a, not as good as Todd, but basically like a quick gainer toss. Right. Then you had to hit a piece of spaghetti and then they had a, on, like it was on, on a target T target stand. stand. Yeah. And then you just had to hit the spaghetti one time and then you had to try to wrap a scarf. And if you could catch it before it hit the ground, you would get five seconds off your, I think it was five seconds off your it time. Was a lot, yeah. And then, and then they got really creative. You had to do like a full on forward roll. Like you had to really go for it. <laughs> yeah. And then you had to pop the balloon off the stand. And uh, uh, I think some people were trying to do like overhead crack and cataman's crack. And I, and you can definitely pop a balloon that way. But I feel like in that instance, like, like a sidearm was the way to go. Right. Especially if that's what you've been practicing for things like cutting cans, you know, right where that's going to hit and what would be most effective. Man, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I didn't do the expert, so I had, instead of roll, I, I did the full, I had to turn around in a circle before I... Oh, you had to do two circles. <laughs> two circles, uh, yeah, I had to... Real quick. That, that and was... almost every single, I think almost every single person, like, would start to forget and be reminded yes. from the audience, so that was kind of funny. That was a lot of fun. And then, let's see, uh, single whip freestyle expert, uh, Leah Orleans came in first, and you got second with Justin bringing up the third... That was, I mean, that was the video we saw earlier. That was amazing. Um, of course, Leah did a routine that was, I believe, out of her show that obviously yes. was choreographed and done super confidently. That was. That right there actually brings me to one of the biggest lessons. I learned a lot of stuff from the Whipcon. That was mm-hmm. one big lesson I actually learned from Leah was confidence. So I was telling you earlier with the single whip, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how easy it was for everybody to tell, but during the middle of it, I don't remember if I missed one or two cracks, but I I kind of like lost my confidence like full on. Uh. I was like, wow. So that's why I didn't do like the original routine and all the moves I had planned. I was going to do some harder moves, but uh, really I, I got very stuck in my head in the moment. So yeah. I was like divided between two different things and lost my confidence and my groove. So that was a big lesson I learned from from that was to try to be a little bit more confident in myself it started before we even went out for the single whip so the doubt kind of set in so right definitely something personal for me to work on for sure how do you handle like nerves and like right before that that's usually where i break down <laughs> is right before i know I'm, I'm ready to go walk up there with and then it's time and it's like i don't remember my name <laughs> just kind of blank out right Um, uh... as far as nerves uh 
honestly just try to breathe. And actually last year at the WhipCon, uh, right before the competition, uh, Pete Gamble, he was telling me, he's like, just breathe, basically just relax. Like mm-hmm. you need to just calm down, relax, breathe. And honestly, just focus on your breath and don't think negative. Just, just try to clear your mind and just focus on what you got to do. Cause if you, if you entertain those, uh, negative thoughts and everything, yeah, or, or you get too overthinking caught up between different, Oh, I could do this or I could do that. And that's kind of what happened to me. And it de- definitely doesn't work out as well. So definitely just try to clear your mind, breathe before you perform. Do you and have like, just a, try to have that focus. Do you have like a thing you say to yourself or like a, um, or a moment before you start anything like that? <laughs> Uh, a lot of people have, uh, like, I guess little mantras. They say, I try to just be, I kind of focus on my, I try to really clear my mind and focus on my breath and just be like, breathe, relax. And okay. I'd be lying if I said, like, especially for the double whip, like, don't miss any cracks. Like, sometimes I would say that to myself, but uh, I try to really just clear my mind, focus yeah. on the breathing. Okay. Yeah, I talked to Kit uh, at Tennisoff, I believe is how you say his last name. He, he had the, the flow workshop and I talked to him after my, my performance and he, he was saying something very similar. And he mentioned also maybe having a memory or uh, a place you could go to in your head of, of peace and focusing on breathing. He mentioned that specifically. So yeah, I was, I was talking to some people at the, at the WhipCon as well that I've, I've got that, that I do for other things like at work, when I have a big presentation I have to make in front of important people. Um, I, I have things I do in my head to calm down and I didn't think about using it for the, <laughs> for the performance. So yeah, it's interesting. You say that as well. And I think also for, especially here, like for example, in the States with the LA WhipCon, one thing, so take other sports, like, for example, like, let's take Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, for example. Okay. They have competitions all over the place all year. And a lot of people, there's quite a few people that don't compete, but the opportunity to compete is, like, pretty plentiful. Yeah. So, like, and depending on how to, like, how far you want to go with it and everything, you could do, you could potentially hit quite a few competitions in a year. Of course, if you don't have too many injuries or anything. Right. Uh keep healthy and everything with the LA WhipCon here. There's, there's not like a lot of whip cu- cracking competitions here around. And I believe, I don't know how many are in Australia, but they do have like other regional tournaments, like in different areas. So somebody that's like really into whip cracking could go compete at multiple competitions. And Good again, point. the more you do something, the better you can, you can get at it. Right. So I do feel like there is a lot of pressure for, especially at the LA WhipCon Cause it's like, you know, it's like once a year type of thing. It's like, you know what I mean? So it's like right. pressure's on. Yeah, if, if, exactly. It's not, not like quite like the Olympics where you got to wait seven years, but it's almost. Yeah, not quite to that extent, <laughs> but for sure. Wow. And let's see. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, the double whip, of course, first place, which is awesome. Uh, that was one of, I was very, very surprised when he called me up. I was not expecting that at all. Like honestly, for truly. I wasn't expecting it. It was one of my goals this year was to try to do better at the double whip. Last year, I wanted to just uh, place in the double whip. Mm-hmm. This year, it was like, if I could get gold, that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, first place beat out Todd Rex for second place. Can you believe it? And uh, Eli Hooper for third place. All amazing whip crackers. 
yeah, they they did excellent performances. I thought, like, I thought uh, all of them, them, uh, Justin, everybody, I thought mm. they knocked it out the park, honestly. Yeah, yeah uh, Justin yeah, took yeah, third in the, the single. And, yeah, some of the stuff he did with – he did some really incredible tosses and behind-the-neck stuff with his normal body contact that he's so good at that, honestly, super risky. <laughs> Like, and the fact yeah. that he does it live, it's just like, I'm just going to do this live. And I'm just like, wow. And it kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat, so to speak. Yeah. Very exciting. And th then, of course, the last one that was speed and accuracy. You took second place. So Torrance Fisher got first place, hitting 10 for 10 out of the targets. And uh, you took, I think you got nine, but super fast. I, had nine. I fumbled on the last one. And yeah. I think I actually, so this is another lesson I learned from this whipcon and uh, i'm not sure if it would have made the difference or not but um so i have four uh pvc target stands uh i don't know if you've seen april jennifer Choi's uh youtube tutorial on how to make like a cheap pvc target stand i probably and uh so i made four of them so okay. that's eight pieces of spaghetti and i didn't do a ton of practice with that but i did go out and practice like there was multiple uh practice sessions where i was doing that like in back in December. Um, but again, I was always going for eight and I was starting to feel like half decent with it, you know, yeah. don't get it every single time. But I feel like if I had had made an extra target stand on five, really try to emulate what the competition was, I'd probably done better. Cause I fumbled right on the last one. I was using a six foot stock whip and I brought it up. I don't know if I brought up like a little slow and I didn't bring it up smooth and cut and cut down with it. It kind of just folded on itself, fumbled. Ah, so yeah, I was going to ask which so whip you used on that. So I actually used Adam's uh, six foot stock with the tan, black, and green one. The one I used in the single whip, the, the two seventy five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably my favorite whip to use. It's I've one of my favorite whips. I also, that's one I bought from him. The 275. What length is that one? Uh, five foot, I believe. But, yeah, it's... Uh, Ooh, that has some super sweet braiding. Yeah, it's goes all... goes ton up. And he's got spots all, all off and on all throughout it. It's... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with it. And it feels a lot like the one that actually won this year in the whip making. The way that this is balanced. But most of his feel very similar. But just amazing. <laughs> absolutely like yeah and as far as anybody like i get a lot of questions for example i'll use a video for example using like adams one of his either like the single one or this pair i have from him and i've had people ask like where can i get this whip can i buy it off amazon it's like no there's actually only a few people in the world that make whips out of 275 right it's starting to get a little more popular and i'm glad to see that because i really love the material yeah uh but those whips, like his model specifically, is like some of the best balanced, probably in my mind so far, the most balanced whips I've used for sure. Yeah. Did you get a chance to try the uh, Justin Beretsky signature whip that he brought out this year um, with uh, Chris Wright, made by Chris Wright? Yes, I did. And it feels uh, a little I different. Have, Ooh. So it's interesting. I got a set of. I need to clean them off uh, six foot. So these are basically similar to the JB line, but these have six foot thongs. I use these actually in the double whip. Oh, um, nice. So they're very similar to that, except 
half a foot longer for the thongs. Okay. And they crack really good. Are those made by Adam or who? Oh, those are from Christopher Wright. Oh, those are from Christopher Wright. Nice. So the only difference with these is they have six foot thongs and the, the JB line that you're talking about, they have five and a half foot thongs. So I really like these ones, and I I was very curious to try the five and a half foot long ones. So that's the JB line, and uh, they cracked like very very good. And you could actually hit the four. They were a little speedier, but you could hit the four corners really good with them as well. Like very well balanced. Awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoyed cracking them as well. I uh, definitely going on my wish list for this Christmas. Um, let's see, and then. I see for the, so yeah, you, you missed the ninth one, but it torn Scott, all 10 of them. However, I think your time would have been like 50% faster. I mean, 25%. It was because you were nailing them really quickly. I, I was actually surprised how fast I was uh, going with it. And when I went to the first one lined up, I kind of closed my one eye and I was like trying to line myself up and that actually helped a lot. And then just helped huh. me get my rhythm. Um, and I was originally going to use uh, the whip I used in the speed. Uh, I'm sorry, not speed accuracy. The obstacle course I used a five foot nylon board from Torrance, ah. and uh, but it was a little short for the toe line. Yeah, like, they moved um, it out. So I just bumped up to the six foot stock, but uh, you could still move pretty quick with that for for that exercise. Nice. And then Todd took third place. Um, I believe, did he get eight or nine? I think he also got nine, just a little slower. I think he got nine. And if I don't, if I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, I think he was actually going the fastest, like fastest speed. And then I think he stopped for some reason, or I think he thought he was out or something. And then he like went back and hit it again. Uh, unless I'm totally like misremembering. I believe that's what happened. Yeah. I, I I'll have to watch. I, I think there's some videos there's a couple other people that posted videos um, of the event, and I highly recommend people that are listening go check it out. Um, do you think feel like this uh, event compared well to other ones that we that you've been to to the previous years? So this was the second one I've been to, um, but I I do feel this event had a very strong turnout, and uh, I mean I was there. I so definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sorry. there was well, you and a bunch of new faces were there and that was really cool to see uh it was really cool just to get a bunch of new faces there compared to last yeah. year and again i wasn't there for the previous years before that but i definitely i definitely enjoyed the vibe it, it was a great time uh it was awesome. really cool to meet everybody too it, it really was. And before I let you go, I had a couple more pictures I wanted to show off of just good times that we had while we were out and about, just hanging out with good people. And this one down here, of course, is at the Whippy Show. We all got to hang out. There's Todd and just lots of meals together with different groups of people. Lots of lots of great times. Um, great conversations. Having Ian sit at the head of the table for us here. <laughs> <laughs> and... Then, of course, you have to see the medal ceremony here. Getting, uh, standing there next to Jack the Whipper and Todd. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool just to to be a part of that. And also to get to meet Jack, that was really cool as Jack's well. Jack's a cool guy, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I should have him on the show sometime. That'd be a lot of fun. And then... That'd be super cool. Here's speed and accuracy. Speed and accuracy award. And then of course, 
boom with the new belt buckle man that's awesome that's uh the gold medal there with the buckle and then i've got a close-up of course of the buckle itself that is that is really really impressive and hopefully you're you're just wear that to the grocery store every day you know and just (laughs) (laughs) i actually have it on uh so i have the old one in the case i actually have this one on uh, a belt right now oh nice so that it could be worn i figure i I have so last year i did not wear the one i won last year very much at all only a couple times so i was like "Eh, i'll I'll, maybe this year i'll try to wear this like occasionally if i go out or something not like all the time but yeah just for fun well congratulations it's certainly well deserved and i I hope to see some really amazing videos from you coming soon from from our world champion whipcracker here thank you christian i really appreciate uh yeah the compliments and also getting the chat Um, yeah yeah this has been a lot of fun and and i hope that I mean, I feel like we've become friends, both from WhipCon as well as this wonderful chat here, really getting to know you. And I, I hope the rest of the community feels like they, they know you a little bit better, too. Um, because, I mean, that's why I do these, is I, I want to bring our diverse and geographically spread out community together. And so thank you so much for being on here and getting to know me and everybody else getting to know you. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to to have this podcast i've never spoke on a podcast before so definitely feel a little bit out of my element but i'm definitely <laughs> glad that we got to chat hopefully so this it wasn't has been too great painful. sure <laughs> not too painful i hope Mm-mm. yeah good good is there anything that you would like to have i mean if you have if somebody wanted to book you for a show or wanted to uh, hire you for coaching lessons um, what, how would the, the best way for them to, to follow you on social media or, or hire you for an event like that? Honestly, um, if they like, they could follow me on social media or just message me on Facebook, Instagram, um, would be like totally fine. Awesome. Awesome. And let's see, I think your, and of course I, when I opened that video, it closed it. You're at Ian in indie ian jones on yeah Instagram. so it's ind underscore ian underscore a jones and i'll put that in the, the the video description on youtube and on the podcast information as well so people can can get to you there um so thank you very much and uh, everybody go check out his pictures and his, his amazing videos thank you ian and and have a good night keep cracking thank you so much thank you so much christian keep cracking and uh I'll talk to you again soon. I just wanted to thank Ian Cameron once again for being on the podcast. And thank you, everyone, for watching the show. Uh, congratulations to Ian for his win and for just getting to know know all of us, for letting us get to know him, that this is a, a two-way conversation. And so go out and follow him on social media and yeah, check the links down below and so forth. And if you enjoy this podcast um, or any of these episodes and would like to see more coming, um, I could use your help. And uh, you have a way to to help out, actually. That is, you can go over to whipchatpodcast.com slash donate. And I have a a donate button there that you can click on. And you could uh, help out a little bit. A little PayPal link. Um, Any donation would be a, a huge help to keep this going with the hosting fees and so forth. 
Um, but yeah, with that, uh, check out Cameron's stuff, watch the videos, check out other YouTube videos where the recap of the uh, 2024 WhipCon, there's a couple of really good ones. And um, yeah, everyone keep on cracking. Thank you and have a great day.